0: Praise God. Amen. What a powerful morning this morning. Uh, We're ready for altar call already, but they put me on the schedule, so I've got to put you off for another 45 minutes. But uh, we're going to get you, uh, get us all to the altar this morning. The Lord bless you. Uh, We're going to give folks just a couple of more seconds to uh, get seated. It's wonderful well, uh, bittersweet, I guess, is the word that keeps getting used. You know, looking at those pictures out there, uh, somebody sa- said you should have kept your hair. I'm trying, man. I try. <laughs> but uh, uh, looking at those pictures, uh, some of, many of you will remember the the uh, the play, The Last Supper, that. Uh, uh, the uh, Prescott Church used to do brother Bill Dejadon uh, headed that up and uh, uh, brother Melanowski, brother Bill Lampson other men that uh, and so I was not in the play but I was on the guerrilla teams we would go uh, and uh, pass out flyers and witness during the day and then be in the service that night I saw the Last Supper So many times uh, is that I, uh, you know, I got it down. You know, thirty years later. Uh, But it was uh, the the thing that was thrilling was here uh, is you know guerrilla workers. You know, uh, here are these uh, uh, other men that are uh, uh, giving themselves to uh, put this uh, uh, dramatization on. Right? It was a dramatization of uh, uh, the the uh, painting the Last Supper and uh, though two separate ministries uh, uh, functioning together uh, to help young churches and see uh, people saved and churches begin to be established uh, to, to work together in that setting it was a powerful uh, powerful thing I was uh, uh, very very new in the fellowship I went on my first guerrilla team uh, when I'd only been here like eight days (laughs) you know and uh, there really wasn't room for me but uh, uh, the door director at that time just said go and sit down I sat on the floor the whole way down the whole way back to Casa Grande that was my first uh, uh, guerrilla team and uh, uh, I had just moved from New England and that was Casa Grande in July that was a revelation I'll tell you (laughs) but on the way down you know f- um, i brand new folks are just meeting and, and, the, and one of the guys said to me you know one of these days you're gonna be driving one of these vans and I and I really thought why would I want to do that <laughs> I mean that guy I don't know it turned out it was Ike Cook in the, he was driving why would I want to do that he's doing a great job you know I, I didn't get it you know that uh, there was something more for my life than just uh, what I was doing right then but the point is that I didn't care about having a position someday right that that was not the, the thing I, it was the idea we are going to get some people saved Right, and when you came from the background, I came from uh, where you 're not seeing people saved, and folks are not evangelizing and and uh, it was just a thrill right to go on uh, pa- pastor mark olson he wasn 't pastor in those days, but uh, he and I would go out to whiskey row and and just witness and uh, and he taught me how to witness how to win souls to Jesus Christ that was the heart, and we 've heard a lot about that this week, and I just want to uh, Perhaps uh, say it one more time, but we want to uh, talk for a moment about uh, a, a unified mind for the purpose of God. And Philippians chapter 4, I'm sorry, I didn't give you my text. Philippians chapter 4, and uh, we want to look at verses 2 and 3. I implore Euodia, and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind to the Lord, and I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. I want to talk about good people's sin from this passage of Scripture, and think for a moment to, about the issue of fellowship, as. Uh, General Eisenhower was uh, putting together the plan for the Normandy invasion, D-Day. was going to take place uh, June 6, 1944. Uh, he's putting together a plan, the most effective way that the Allies can establish a beachhead in Europe and begin to drive the Nazis back. And uh, uh, But what he's got to deal with, uh, he's got to deal with the different uh, uh, agendas of these other generals. He's got uh, General Montgomery. Uh, He's got uh, uh, from England. He's got General de Gaulle from France. he got General Patton from America. And each of these people have their own view of how this needs to happen and they own their view of their prominence in how it needs to happen and these are not bad men they want to dis- to conquer hitler they want to set europe free the issue is not that they uh, they don't want to do right but the issue that ego began to dominate their thinking and they try and dissuade uh, general eisenhower from the best strategy to win that battle because they saw themselves as far too important in uh, as opposed to the others in the process if they had been listened to who knows how history would have been changed the great theme of philippians it's been mentioned a bunch in this week is the fellowship of the gospel or the partnering partnership right? fellowship in the gospel fellowship is not going to somebody's house and having nachos after service okay we call that fellowship fellowship is just code for food <laughs> right fellowship is participation it's partnering it's laboring together the the word gospel is used 9 times in the book of philippians the only other epistle that uh, uses gospel 9 times is the book of romans which is 4 times longer than the book of philippians so it is more gospel saturated than any other book it is also uses the word group for uh, fellowship koinonia six times because this is the major theme of this book it is the fellowship of the gospel partnering together for the gospel you can read verse 5 of chapter 1 we're not going to take the time but philippians chapter 1 verse 27 says only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's the theme. One heart, one mind for the gospel. What matters is perishing souls outside of the four walls of the church, and that needs to be our 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 passion is for the gospel and we know we can't accomplish the gospel unless we are of one mind together as you read the book of Philippians it's very fascinating that this major theme moves through and then it leads directly to the two verses that I read now as you just read the whole book you might just think this is an aside You know, like Paul, uh, he says, say hello to this one and this one and this one and this one at the end of other books. But this isn't just to say hello. All of this issue of being of one mind for the gospel of Jesus Christ comes down to focus on two people. And they're two very good people. Our text says, who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life what this tells us what we're going to see I trust this morning is that if we're not careful very good people good people can hinder can cripple and even destroy the ministry of the gospel out of a local church these are good people The Bible says their names are written in the book of life. They're saved. These are hard workers. Paul calls them laborers. It's actually a word, an athletic term that really has to do with a struggle and contending. They are loyal people. He says they labored with me. They were loyal to me and worked with me in the gospel. And there was a time when they were cooperative. They worked with other people. And it is disturbing to think that there are people in our churches, good people, who can be loyal, right, loyal to the fellowship, loyal to Pastor Mitchell, loyal to their pastor, view themselves as people that uh, uh, care only for the gospel, and yet their agenda, their personal agenda, can hinder, cripple, or destroy the work of the gospel out of a local church. See the conflict here. We might think is uh, uh, these two people have just got some beef. One owes the other twenty bucks, and they won't forgive each other. But the whole language tells us that this has to do with ministry. Some in ministry involvement at whatever level. This it is an, a, a conflict over ministry that is taking place here. There are people involved that are threatening the partnership of the gospel now these aren't as in as bad shape as Corinth was right these are not whole divisions yet but the spirit is going to bring that to pass Paul loved the Philippian church I don't know if I can say he loved it more than any other church but he has more affectionate terms for the book of for the Philippian church than any other but he is watching something take place that deeply disturbs him and here are good people whose issues of life are going to cripple or are certainly crippling hampering or destroying the gospel of Jesus Christ see our churches are filled with good people hard-working people laboring for the gospel right saved to the bone Right, our churches are filled with good people. They're involved in tremendous uh, efforts of ministry. We have uh, music groups, and drama teams, right? We have uh, children's church and Sunday school, and uh, and ushers, and plays, and and uh, uh, sound people, and equipment people, and and uh, nursery workers, and, and uh, you, you know, you name it. There are there are. People laboring. Our church, our churches are laboring churches. Faithful people who day in and day out, week in week out, and year in and year out, labor for the cause of the gospel. You know there are. There's an old saying. You know when the devil was thrown out of hell, he fell into the choir loft. Well, most of our churches don't have choir lofts, so I, you know, but Pastor Fill in the blank, you know, well, the devil was cast out of hell. He fell into nursery. (laughs) What he fell into children's church. What he fell into (laughs) uh, into the music scene. uh, Fell on the soundboard. (laughs) You know, (laughs) right? There's there are places, right, where the disruption in between ministries, between ministries in the church, becomes a place of real trauma, heartache, difficulty, and the hampering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pastor Sergey mentioned how the book of Philippians uh, uh, mentions the word joy or rejoicing 14 times and Paul is rejoicing and he is telling these folks to rejoice he's gonna say it right after our text rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice I don't know if these two things absolutely connect but I have a sense that they do because there's here's the context that the conflict between ministries between the sound man and the musicians <laughs> right Between the Sunday school teacher and the ushers. Right? Between the nursery workers and each other. (laughs) Uh, You know, know, you've heard of WWF. We had a a DBF, diaper bag fighting. Uh, Sisters going at each other with diaper bags uh, in the nursery. Man, we got... uh, (laughs) but apparently what had happened is these conflicts had become so grievous that it was destroying the joy of serving god right my ministry is a hassle my ministry is a conflict my ministry is a burden my my ministry and it's not because you know it's hot like in Yuma or it's raining like in oregon or it's a it's a long drive here or not it's because of the intra inter ministry conflicts that take place in the church good people with other good people that are at each other's throats <laughs> that are putting together their own uh uh, groups <laughs> and uh, and rallying support and, uh, the, and and the civil wars. You got the stars and stripes in one hand with a sound man, the other side's the stars and bars with the musicians, and they're going <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're fighting it out, man. And we're just trying to get some people saved. <laughs> and every one of them would be shocked to think that their concern is not the gospel. See, and you need to get the no, Pastor, I just want a quality thing. I just want to, to be okay. Well, we're into that, we're into quality. But we're not into civil wars that are taking out <laughs> our con- and making ministry such a grief and a burden. I want to talk about good people's sin. Story out of, I'm going to say it via Rica. I don't know if they say it like that in Georgia, but it's from Georgia. It says, authorities have charged a 29-year-old man with aggravated assault and false imprisonment after they allege he held his mother hostage for failing to iron his clothes. The man who lives with his parents, 29, wanted his mother to do some ironing because it was woman's work. When she refused, authorities allege he pulled out a gun, took his 51 year old mother hostage, took her car keys and her cell phones and refused to let her go for six hours some people have too high of an opinion of themselves you know what if you're 29 years old and still living with mama you know what you don't have any credibility (laughs) iron your own stinking shirts dude (laughs) some people are too convinced of their own importance and they're so easy to look at somebody else and put them down See we know, I talk about good people's sin and we know that good people can fail, right? Good people, human frailty and stumble and and we heard such a profound message from Pastor Olson yesterday but I'm not talking about the potential of good people to fail we're talking about good people doing good things and sinning in what they're doing not some secret sin that's them and their mouse when the lights go down. We're talking about something that could happen as they're doing their ministry. The besetting sin of good people is selfish ambition and rivalry. Paul addresses these two people. Now this is remarkable. You're not going to find something else quite like this in all of Paul's letters. Right, that he speaks to two people. Normally, he just generally talks about the principles of doctrine, brings down practicality, but in this case, he addresses two specific individuals. It is quite unique in his writing. I implore Euodia and I implore Syntachi to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, we have to read that in the context of the entire book because as soon as they would have read those words they would have heard the echo from chapter two verses two and three where the same language is used Paul says complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love being a full in full accord of one mind do nothing from rivalry or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourself our text doesn't use the word rivalry but it is the echo of a reference to rivalry it also that passage is a reference to verses that, that came before in chapter 1 look at Philippians 1:15 and 17 some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry but others from goodwill the latter do it out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel the former proclaim Christ out of rivalry not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment now notice that this rivalry is is linked to conceit right? an inflated view of your own individual importance and its sister sin which would be envy anybody that maybe looks better than you or seems to be doing better than you and uh, Paul is telling these women it is uh, the, the echo is there don't function out of rivalry conceit and envy And Paul says, because I can tell you that what it does, the spirit of that is it inflicts pain. Paul says, folks who function this way have added affliction to my bonds. I'm already in prison. I'm already contending, right? He's already bearing the responsibilities of the gospel. But people's envy, conceit, and rivalry are casting uh, uh, darts at him arrows of affliction against his life and there this is this is the impact that's being made on this worker see this is because human nature will automatically link our ego with our ministry I didn't say that, some people's ego gets linked to their ministry. It happens to everyone. Pastor Mitchell says that pastoring is ego. Pastoring's ego. And if you think, oh, I don't have an ego problem, you have an ego problem. Because you're smarter than Pastor Mitchell. It's the person who recognizes that. Not denies it. Oh no, Pastor, I would do anyway, go anywhere. I will I'll clean toilets for Jesus. Well, that's great. As long as they put it in the conference video. (laughs) (laughs) See, God knows our frame, right? He remembers that we're dust. We're not talking about that we're perfect people. The issue is do you recognize it? Can you see it in yourself? when the conflict between you and the music group or you and the other nursery worker or, or the drama team with the, uh, with the band members or the play with the, the folks that keep stealing their equipment. And, you know, and when, you're, when you're dealing with all of this stuff, we have to recognize it. Otherwise, good people can fight for good things, right? They're fighting for good music. They're fighting for the, but the, they're fighting for good. They're good people fighting for good things, but with a wrong heart. That their their ego has so enveloped their ministry that they can't separate the two, and they feel like they're fighting for their ministry, a great. Sunday school, great children's church, great music group, great uh, uh, concert scene, great drama, great play, right? Whatever it is. But their ego has enveloped it and they are indistinguishable from that. And so they feel like they are contending for a good ministry, but really they're contending for their own ego, for their own conceit. And it's an issue of rivalry. That takes place. See, there's a verse that you wonder how, why how it fits in in chapter two, verse 14. In everything you do, stay away from complaining, complaining, and arguing. See, this is what's happening. They're complaining and arguing in the conflicts of ministry. Remember, these are good people, good people doing a good work. But rivalry, conceit, envy has overtaken, and they are now at each other's throats, and it is hampering, crippling, and it will ultimately. Paul is convinced it will destroy the testimony of the gospel. I was trying to deal with a sound man uh, some years back. You know, trying to deal with is the uh, operative term, and. It, Uh, to try and get this guy to and he says well I have always viewed the sound man as the orchestra leader of the song service how did you get from you you know from the tech guy in the back to C.G. Ozawa before the Boston Symphony Orchestra how did how did you I mean, I mean, we don't really have an orchestra anyways, but if we did kind of like the song service, it wouldn't it be the song leader that would kind of... You see what I'm saying? It's like it, to try and convince him that that was an incredibly egomaniacal statement. <laughs> just like, no, you're not even getting any revelation. I am just trying to make this for the glory of God so we can worship Him and give him praise and he can be honored and he's convinced you see what i'm saying and good man labor be there you don't you know what you you hear me and yet somehow ego had so enveloped the ministry that they were indistinguishable and so he thought he was fighting for quality ministry he was just fighting for his own ego see what happens here is very Uh, cruel because envy always manifests in accusation, doesn't it? Right? Pilate knew that for envy, the religious people sent Jesus to be crucified. For envy, the religious leaders in the book of Acts dealt with Paul and accused him of all kinds of things. See, this is how to tell if you've got envy in your heart, brother or sister is that you look at your competitive, your competitor in ministry, which shouldn't be in the first place, and see in them all kinds of bad motives and just egomaniac and he's this and they're that and they never do right or do, and all you can think is evil about them. If all you can think is evil about your brother or your sister, then you've got an envy problem. Right? And that is because... Your ego has enveloped your ministry so that they are indistinguishable. Magnifying thoughts, uh, magnifying faults. I mean, seeing faults there were, where there were no faults. How are you supposed to find fault in the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> How are you supposed to find faults in the Apostle Paul? I mean, he was a human, be a frail human being, no doubt. But hey, in terms of human beings, he was kind of up there in the top one percentile. Wouldn't you give it? But see, envy doesn't see that. Envy just looks at the wickedness. It inflicts pain on the participants. It hampers, cripples, and can destroy the work of the gospel. Now, I know that, and and it is a valid thing for you to say to me, Pastor, you know what, there are always going to be conflicts between these groups, and they're always going to... And I understand that. You know, I understand that... People could get heated at a, at a practice and see, you know, folks, uh, uh, you, you know, that one drama team stole all the equipment from the play and so they're ticked at each other. You know, that's, that's life. That's part of it. I'm not talking about the fact that sometimes it gets a little heated ab- around our things. I'm talking about something different, right, where this becomes a continual source Of aggravation and conflict and burden, right? Where people start forming into camps, and you're you in your ministry or overseeing your ministry. You're speaking. Yeah, those drama people, or those musicians, or that sound guy, those children's church, those Sundays, those usher. You know, just fill in the blank. See, Philippians 2, 1 starts with these words, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, Paul is saying, if there is any of this, if there is even a smidgen of these things, then you can do this. This is possible, to put down pride, put down ego, and be a Christian, this is just minimum Christianity. This doesn't mean there aren't going to be conflicts, doesn't mean that folks aren't going to get into it sometimes. We're human beings, right? It's the old Poem that Pastor Mitchell has quoted over the year. To live above with saints we love, that will be glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's a different story. <laughs> right? Okay, so we're we're not talking about perfection here, we're talking about uh, an attitude. That we don't just accept that we've got to have uh, civil wars in our churches over conflicting ministries. Contention and strife and it no that's not right where there's contention and strife there's pride right that's what Proverbs tells us but it also tells us that a minimum injection of Christianity gives you the strength the capacity to pull this off see is Paul saying that this one Relationship conflict is going to destroy the whole Philippian church. I don't know. Is he's making that point? But he is saying that if that spirit gets loose in the church, and there starts start being camps of different uh, uh, interest groups around the particular ministries of the congregation that it will so burden us so destroy our joy so make ministry a burden and a grievous experience And see really what it does is it undercuts the very spirit of the gospel and so these two need to get it right I'm gonna close with a cure I was reading that apparently on YouTube and this has been some months ago I don't know if this was just a passing fad or if if this goes on they had all these little video clips of teenage girl fights and apparently some people even went to jail for instigating some of these girl fights they would get. These two girls to go at each other, and why this is fascinating, I don't know. uh, You YouTube watchers, you 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 can tell me. But you're going to watch two girls screaming at each other, pull each other's hair, bite each other's noses off, whatever they're going to do, and uh, and and and, and this uh, that's entertainment. Now I have been careful not to mention the sex of these two people in conflict. it's two women the reason I haven't mentioned it is because I didn't want all you men to shut your ears off and say well you know this is just for them no I Paul wouldn't be dealing with in this realm if it is just to try and get two women to get along this is a spirit it's an issue whether you're male or female but what I think is interesting and uh, you know this isn't doctrine. Don't write this into the cover of your Adam Clark's commentary or something. I'm just, the thing about girl fights is they're emotional and they're cruel. <laughs> and this is the thing about the fights that go on out of envy and rivalry and conceit. They are emotional and they are so cruel see I can insert here that this of course isn't limited to what happens in our local churches that's how Paul's dealing that's the context here but of course this is entirely possible from church to church from pastor to pastor from pastor that uh, you've got a Bible study happening Friday night so pastor Mitchell's preaching a rally you know five blocks away but you can't go we are going to study the word of the living God (laughs) brother are you trying to tell me that I should neglect the ministry of the word and try, right. So what is that? He's convinced in his own mind this little thing is the most important thing in the universe. You know, brother, can you send us a group? Oh, we've got stuff happening here, man. We've got stuff happening here. I mean, I'd love to help you. You know, one of these days I'll be. We got uh, we got outreaches and we've got a uh, uh, music scene. We've got things happening and uh, yeah. Call uh, call another time. May I, another time, I think I can help you. But it's like, hey, we're talking about partnering of the gospel, right? Your you think your thing is the most? I don't care if you're the biggest church in the area. I don't get that. What we do, we do by partnering together. You know, us and two van loads going down before the Last Supper into Casa Grande. You know, it is hot. It wasn't just hot to this little New England boy. I mean, it was hot. Casa Grande, Arizona, July 21st, whatever it was. But what do we do? We're down there to help. And, you know, Casa Grande was not doing so great back then. Right? Today, thriving work, thank God for it. But I I I can remember the day. (laughs) But gave ourselves labor. And because that was the spirit that Pastor Mitchell was putting into us. We're going to cooperate together for the work of the gospel. See, it's fascinating that in this portion of scripture. Paul doesn't say, Yodia, you know what? You just need to forgive. You know, key okay, you've got an issue, let it go. Or, Yodia, you're wrong and she's right. And so you need to get your heart right. He doesn't take sides in this. Right? Maybe if you and I were listening to it and we didn't have the insight of the Apostle Paul and we each heard their thought, we'd say, yeah, I think you're right. But see, underneath, the issue wasn't the issue. The issue was rivalry, envy, and conceit. And, lady, you just need to get your hearts right with God. I will insert here that sometimes ladies can be and this is probably what's happening inciting behind the scenes inciting their husbands inciting each other the band leader says something the ladies go into women's room come out you know and so <laughs> you know there's just a jealousy that that is Something that you wrestle with, you don't. You can tell me I'm being a male chauvinist. I'm just. I've been pastoring for a while. And there's something about you're very can be very territorial, right? You protect your home turf, your home. This is my home. and but you can transfer that to your ministry. You're singing a music, but now this music group, you know. And so you have to. What we're talking about is being. And and please, you know, don't mock me now. I mean, you can after, but we're we're talking about being real Christians. That's the issue. Well, I'm saved. I I know, I know. I'm saved too. I've been saved since 1971, and I'm still trying to be a good Christian. (laughs) I got to deal with me. Don't you have to deal with you? I wasn't born saved. And after I lived a while, I didn't get any more saved by living either. Came out of my mother's womb screaming, collaring, selfish, and it got worse from there. But Philippians says that ministry is not the place to feed your ego it's a place to empty it you know Pastor Lamb preached so powerfully on Tuesday in Philippians 2 verses 5 and following it says let this mind be in you right not rivalry and conceit this mind which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself, the Bible says, taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Paul says you've got to act like Jesus if you're going to minister Jesus if you're going to minister the gospel you have to have a gospel spirit you don't just preach the words of the gospel with an anti-gospel spirit you don't preach Jesus Christ with a spirit that is in total opposition to the spirit of Jesus Christ and am I talking about having perfect motives no cuz I don't know as that's possible this side of the rapture that our hearts can be absolutely without the slightest tinge of some selfish motive thank God for salvation by grace but the point is do we recognize that or do we only see in our hearts we are noble we are committed we are fellowship we are this uh, and and you can't see that underneath all of that is an ego that is looking to be fed rather than an ego that is willing to empty itself and consider others better than yourself now this is not some weird oh I'm a worm and he is a glow worm, uh, you know, like. Uh Let me ask if this would work. Just would this work? You know what, brother so and so, I could view him this way, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know. If I can make a righteous decision for Jesus, if I can care about the gospel, if I can, you know what? I'm going to grant that my brother can do that too. And not that I'm the only one saved in this whole church. We're not talking about some false humility, I am nothing, he is. We're talking about simply acknowledging that you can have issues in heart and you can make a choice to do better and you know what your brother is trying to do that too are you gonna be right every time no but what's the uh, what's the alternative cynicism cynicism that you look at every single person like they're in it for themselves every act they do you interpret in the worst light possible You know, we're still here today because, for many reasons certainly, but for one of them is because our pastor never got cynical for all the people that have burned him, ripped him, and all the rest to to be able to still believe in people and still invest in people. That's a real Christian. And we just see that headship needs to play a role in this. Listen to me. It says in this text, and I urge you. So I urge Euodia, and I urge Syntyche, and I also urge you, true yoke fellow, true companion. This is probably referring to the pastor of the church some scholars believe that this might be luke who may have been left in philippi to take care of things and oversee see something happens sometimes in a vacuum of leadership right if pastor is not you you can't be at every music group practice but sometimes you can be so disconnected that folks don't know their parameters But sometimes the issue, it it doesn't say make these two people get along. It says help them get along. Right? I can't make anybody love their neighbor. (laughs) I'll keep beating you until you finally love somebody. You know, we uh, we can't do that. But you know what? If folks want to do right, we can help them. And that's what Paul is saying. Okay, they need to make a decision about their own hearts. But you can help. And the other thing is, is that many times that you can see the reason that your heart's not right. Well, Pastor favors the Sunday school. Pastor favors the children. Pastor favors the music group. Pastor favors the pastor. Your heart's not right. Your heart's not right with God. If you've got a, if you're kinked towards your headship. So if you're feeling that, you need to get your heart right and that's a good indication there's help from heaven thank God there's help from heaven for folks like you and me see Paul really appreciated the contribution of these people to the work of the gospel you can feel that right they have labored with me in the gospel I appreciate that and you know what if Paul appreciates their labor in the gospel don't you know that God appreciates even more he appreciates your labor he appreciates you going on the guerrilla teams playing in the music groups doing the plays the dramas the nursery Sunday school children's church sound equipment whatever it is God appreciates. And you know if sometimes you you got to force your ego into the back seat, you need to know that that is the stuff of the reward of heaven. Jesus didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but emptied himself and took the form of a servant. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. That in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. Well, you know, I've been faithful a long time. I still haven't been recognized. You know, Jesus is still waiting. Every knee hasn't bowed yet. He's still waiting. But it's coming. And so it will to you. Because you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Did you know that? That means God is just as committed to your destiny and your reward in eternity as He is to that of Jesus Christ. Can you rest in that? Can you rest in that if you're overlooked? Can you rest, rest in that if you get criticized by a pastor and that one doesn't? Right, can you rest in that? That you've labored all this time and you've never felt the appreciation you think. Can you rest in the fact that, you know what? God's just as committed to rewarding me in eternity as he is Jesus Christ I know this isn't uh, in every witness of this passage but there are some of your Bibles that will say the grace this text says the, this book ends the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and adds this phrase be with your spirit Paul doesn't always close his letters like that only four letters does he close that way and if we were to say that that would have to do with your something of the heart the attitude of the heart that Paul says there's grace available to help you have a right spirit right to forgive if you've had a wrong spirit if you repent it's grace to help you with your frailty if you struggle to maintain a right spirit there's grace available to help you if you make a decision God will help you there's grace that can move from your spirit that now folks don't hate you in church anymore folks aren't quitting your ministry because they can't stand being around you but there's a grace that moves from your spirit and ministers to people's lives if there be any consolation in Christ if any bowels of mercy if any fellowship right if there's any grace at all at work in us we can pull this off we can dethrone our ego by the grace of God and consider others more important than themselves if you were here this weekend do you know it was just a glorious glorious time that Sunday service, those Sunday services talking about the wonderful things that have happened in our fellowship over the years and you know I've not been able to be uh, in Prescott for the weekend before July for many years in Yuma we had the harvesters homecoming there and uh, great uh, time but it was was wonderful to to be able to be there for the God and country thing and uh, and in the 180 that night and then in church and then and the thing that impresses you and i know I, I i've been around a long time but all the labor <laughs> the flow in the parade all that went into that god and country thing all the labor that went into the just the 180 that night the music the video the rapid i mean and you are just it's like it's overwhelming you know, putting it, all, getting back in, being in church the next day, and the ladies serving lunch to us, and then, and then, then this—you know, putting all this together—and just—and they keep those Prescott folks, man, just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, it just seeing these folks who labor behind the scenes like Bob Allen and I cook and these different ones, you know, standing, and I t- I've never spoken of the platform before. Laboring faithfully beside, behind the scenes for 40 years, the first time ever. To, do you realize that's why we can do what we do? Because there's people who have dethroned their ego? and just want to do something to win precious souls for Jesus Christ let's bow our heads and close our eyes